I greet you with Jesus joy, for it is in him that I live, breathe, move, and have my very being. I am delighted that you joined Unbox today, a podcast created for Favored by the Father Ministries. I am Barbara Arlene Fields Breon, your host. Our featured guests give the show an intergenerational appeal and will share how they step out of comfort zones to become unboxed, no matter what their age. We share experiences that lead to fulfillment of purpose. And I pray that each episode will help our audience access their authentic destiny. Our guest today is Quintus McDonald. He is currently in North Carolina. This is a man of God, and he is one of my new friends. I'm so glad God let our paths cross last year. When I asked, what do you do for a living? He actually responded, have dominion in the earth. Quintus is a retired NFL player, and he founded I Am Recycling Incorporated as a ministry to help others. This organism works from the mindset of embracing, educating, and empowering disenfranchised men and women within the communities with whom I Am Recycling builds relationships. Quintus received the Angel Award for Community Volunteer Service in the Durham, North Carolina community. He is married to Karen Smith McDonald, who serves as a deacon at the Breakthrough Life Ministries, where Quintus serves as elder and associate to the pastor. Welcome, Quintus. Well, God bless you, my sister. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, allowing me to, to, to participate in this wonderful platform that you have created here. God is good. Would you tell our audience how we know each other? Wow. Um, we <laughs> met, we met uh, through uh, LinkedIn. So, so the use of uh, the tools that God has provided really uh, for us in the proper, the proper use of these tools, I would say, should I say, um, we, I, I got a message um, and I read through what, what was sent to me. I liked some of what I heard what I was reading. So I went back to your page and read some more. And I like more of what I read uh, and decided, you know what, let me reach out to this young lady and um, see what's behind the curtain. And um, I'm grateful that I reached out. Uh, I'm grateful that, that um, what was written piqued my curiosity so that I could go and do some more investigating, if you will, and um, here we are, uh, and, and it's been a blessing. It's been a blessing, truly a blessing uh, to my soul to have met you, and I look forward to um, continuing this walk. I mean, we're just getting started, my sister. Just Absolutely. I love that. Oh, I just love that. And just for the listening audience, I want them to know that I was reaching out promoting my book, Blooming for Christ. There'll be a commercial about that at the end of the show, but that's what we're not what we're here for right now. What we want to do 
is tell you before we go any further that we have a very special episode planned for today. Uh, one of my young friends, a high school athlete, will co-host for us. And uh, let me add him to the studio right now. And there he is. My young friend is Joseph Noel II, also known as Joey. He is the eldest son of Joseph and Nicole and the grandson of the late Reverend Joseph and Jean Noel. Deacon Harrison and Ruby Long are also his grandparents. And Deacon Harrison is a deacon at the church where I serve as associate pastor. So Joey is my deacon's grandson. I just love him to pieces. Joey is a high school sophomore. He is a honor student and he will be, listen to this, a three-letter sportsman this year. Wrestling, baseball, and football. Joey is clearly a sports enthusiast. His focus now is to improve himself academically, as an athlete, and as a person. Joseph was taught at an early age to develop a personal relationship with God that is critical to daily life and personal success. Joey sets his goals and his diligent way of pursuing himself, understanding his authenticity to work for him with God's help. Hello, Joey. Hello. Good morning. I would like for you to take over from here. Okay. So, um, Mr. McDonald, as you reflect on your life and go back to your childhood and teen years, what would you say was your passion in life? Oh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Joseph. Uh, Joey, let me, can you call me Coach Q? Can we? Coach can Q. We, I, I yeah. call you Coach Q. All right. There we go. Um, that, that's a, that's a, a loaded, that's a loaded question. There's so much. Uh, there's so much I, I can go way back uh, to my nurturing uh, when I was still living here in North Carolina. Um, my, my father passed away when I was very young and uh, my mother and father, they were they were teenage loves and he was her first love. So when he passed away, she struggled tremendously and my grandmother became my nurturer while my mother worked to get herself together. And my grandmother um, would sit me on her lap while reading the Bible and teaching me to read from the family Bible. But she would always tell me that there was greatness inside of me and that God was going to use me for the kingdom um, here in earth, you know, she just continuously instilled that in me. So I, I heard that and I received that. And she told me about the battles that were ahead because the enemy can see into the future just like God does. And he was going to try and stop what God had planned. So there was that point in time where, um, you know, from the, from the very beginning began that walk. And then skipping forward, um, my mother, my mother was able to get herself together and um, 
ended up remarrying and, and we moved to New Jersey. And my from adolescence on was a whole nother chapter. So um, I don't want to I don't want to go into that. I guess we could get into that with more questions. But the foundation as a child was rooted in the kingdom of heaven right here on earth. It was rooted in having and building a personal relationship with God. I, I recall I recall making a decision as a young child. I think I was probably about seven at the time. Um, making the decision, you know, sitting on the mourner's bench and making a decision that, you know what, I'm giving my life to Christ. I'm going to go get baptized in the name of Jesus and we're going to move forward. I, I, I remember the muddy pond here in North Carolina. I remember the, the mourner's bench and being excited. And then I remember the attacks of the enemy that began immediately. So that's a, 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 a tremendous foundation that was built. Amen to that. Amen to that. So how would you describe yourself right now? Give your 30-second unique identity. I would describe myself as a determined, sold out for the kingdom of heaven here in earth, seed sowing machine. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think was the happiest moment in your life so far? Wow. That's a that's a, a really good question. Um sorry about that. Oh, sorry good. about that. Um there there have been there have been many, many happy moments. Um, you know, the the happy is is a transient term, meaning happy is about what's happening right now. Um, so there's been many, many happy moments. I, I would say the most joy in my life. And I know that's not your question, but there's a distinct difference. And I, and I live on joy. Uh, the, 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 the most joy that I've found in life um, is, is by building that relationship, that decision that I made. So happy. I, I want to answer your question, but there's so many. There's so many. I mean, I without my wife, without my bride, I call her my better half. Um, without her, I couldn't. I couldn't even begin to do the things in the kingdom that that we've been able to accomplish so far, just by being together in in less than uh, it'll be it'll be eleven years in September. So what we've been able to accomplish together in, in 10 years is absolutely astronomical in comparison to what I was able to, to get done when I was out there, just me and God, you know, really, you know, just with God and me following, but the coming together um, with my soulmate, the, uh, and then wrapping us with the Holy spirit has taken us to a whole nother level. You know, I, and I and I don't want to leave out the birth of my child. You know, uh, I, we have two children. She had a son. So I've got a plus one son. We don't do steps in our family. I've got a plus one. She has a plus one. But I prayed and asked God for my son, you know, during a period, a point in time in my life when I didn't expect to live very much longer. I was I was I was living um, a terrible lifestyle, terrible, um, completely adverse 
to the kingdom of heaven. I was dealing in the dark. I was living in the dark and, and I didn't expect to live. Folks were dying every day and I expected to be one of them, to, to be honest. So I asked for a child. So it was a great day when my when my son was born. I, that 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 made me happy as as can be, you know, during that time period. So there's been there's been a number of things. Do you think life for you after football? Do you think you grew even closer to God after that life after football? Uh, I, I absolutely. Um, there was a that dark period that I that I spoke about. That was a long period of time, a couple of decades. Of, of of living adversely. So when during a a moment, a brief reprieve from that lifestyle and God caught my attention, you know, it, it had happened. I had had reprieves before, but this time it stuck. Um, and now my relationship is is through the roof. So yes, my relationship has blossomed. Um, after football with with God. So how did you manage to get out of that dark period? Relationship with God, period, point blank. I mean, God God put a, a halt on the drugs and alcohol were a major, major part of that. And God put a halt on all of that. Um, and, and without the drugs and alcohol, um, it was easier to step away from the violence. Um, so all of that, the entire lifestyle was able to be washed away um, because of what God did by taking the taste for drugs and alcohol out of my mouth. Amen to that. Yes, sir. Well, so I got a question for you, Joey. Okay. Yeah. What, what, what weight do you wrestle at? I wrestle at 165. One six, boy, 165. Mm-hmm. You're bigger than you appear, son. A lot of people a lot of people say that. A lot of people think I'm about like 130, 140. I tell them no, I'm good one. Yeah, you're a thick, thick little rascal. What position do you play for on football field? I'm a wide receiver and a cornerback. Wide receiver and corner. Which one is your favorite position? Uh I like wide receiver better because corner is so hard having to fall the hips all the time. And it's so easy to get so easy to get burnt, but you gotta like get right back to it. So I would say I like receiver better, yeah. honestly. Outstanding. Yeah, you gotta as a cornerback, you gotta have a built-in forgetter. That yeah. last play, you gotta let that go and 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 refocus. Mm-hmm. Um, those those gifts, those talents, though, that you're learning are gonna help you down the road. Um, yeah, yeah. Love high school, love the love that whole situation. Take advantage of the friendships that you build. Um, and, and you're talking about, you're, you're already an honor student and you're going to grow in that space, take full advantage because it will certainly pay dividends in your future. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. All right. That's, that's the coach Q moment. (laughs) (laughs) So what was a time in your life, a crucial moment that you kind of stepped out of the box, something out of your comfort zone? I I was forced out of my comfort zone early, early. Um, I was actually in high school, senior in high school. And um, USA Today 
was just beginning to come out. It was a, 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 pub, a national publication, obviously, USA Today, and and they were um, presenting, you know, they, they did, they followed high school athletics at, at a very high level. And um, my senior year, I was, I was voted USA Today's defensive player of the year. Um, so that put a major, major spotlight on me, on my high school, on, but I mean, a big spotlight on me, who I am as a person. Um, so I didn't, that, that was a very difficult time because my comfort zone, even though I was a three star, I mean, a three, uh, sport, uh, letterman myself and, and did very well in basketball, did very well in track and field as well as football, obviously. I was never the out front guy. Um, I, I was the person that I like to show up on the field, on the court, on the track, do my thing, and then keep myself, you know, kind of low key. And that USA Today piece put me all the way out in front. I mean, I I, I already had been getting scholarship offers from from the, the end of my sophomore season because we played at such a high level. We were we were ranked in the in the top five in the nation my sophomore and junior year throughout the season. And we played other competition in New Jersey that was ranked in the top five as well. So there was a big, big spotlight, um, but I was in the shadows until senior year. Uh, so being forced into, um, you know, out of my comfort zone was totally different than stepping out. What position did you win defensive player of the year at? Um, it was they called it linebacker. I played I played a hybrid. Um, I could I would just go wherever, um, you know, from inside linebacker to outside linebacker. You know, moving around back and forth. And please forgive my my that's my queen in the background. I talked her up. You're good. Don't worry about it. So, what would you consider your ultimate purpose in life now? Oh, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to 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 help individuals to sow seeds that you know sow sow seed of goodness um, to build communities and and that building communities and helping people understand their purpose, helping the downtrodden to to understand that they've got purpose that they can become an asset to themselves to their families hence becoming an asset to the community that they live in um, to put an end to the school to prison pipeline. I mean, it's, it's a macro vision uh, and, and that putting an end to the school to prison pipeline serves all of those things when we talk about community. Uh, so it's, it's about serving the community and then economic empowerment that, that economic empowerment is being able to leverage the relationships that that we build in the business sector so that these men and women and these children that we're helping come along and understand that they've got purpose find their purpose and and becoming assets to themselves and their families now that there's a place where they can go for a career that, that we don't just 
you know, help them to get cleaned up and introduce them to the Holy Spirit that is the washer, that is the the uh, recycler, and then say, go do it on your own. No, we've got we've got the entire gambit all the way up to the economic empowerment. So that's my purpose. So when you were a teenager, would you say it was easy for you to stay close with Christ when you were a teenager, like high school, college years? No, my the relationship changed. It began with relationship with my grandmother and when I when I when I was very young. As I grew and we moved to New Jersey, it became very religious. It, we, it was a religious thing. It wasn't about relationship. And it and it wasn't until after all of that took place, went on to college and um you know my NFL career and those 20 years it, it wasn't until um, I had that that interface with God in that filthy motel room um, on the 25th of, of October in 2010 that the relationship came back, that I came back into relationship with God um, through Jesus. And um, we've been rolling ever since. <laughs> So what would you say is next on the horizon for you? Oh, we're we're there. It's it's about building the kingdom. I, I mean, we've got goals. The the goal that that um I mean there are there are daily goals, there's short-term goals, there are long-term goals, long-range goals. Um the the goal, the long-range goal is to create a postgraduate alternative education school. A place where athletes can, who who need another year before going into into the collegiate ranks, or maybe need another year so that they can go into a, a Division One versus a Division Two or Three scenario. Um, we want to to provide that for those people, but also um, offer vocational training, um, skills training that will produce careers immediately. So a person can come to our, uh, to the postgraduate school and, and, and learn about technology in a, in a year or two, let's say three semesters and be ready for the job world for, for industry. So partnering with industry leaders so that we can have the education that they need their people to have, um, is what we're looking for looking to do uh, with the postgraduate school. So that's the, that's the, the macro goal um, from a, a micro perspective. It's really to, to continue to grow myself so that the teams that God has put around me, that, that God continues to build so that I can pour into my teammates and we become a stronger, more cohesive unit to go out and do the things that God has called us to do. So, what advice would you give to that younger you that was going through those dark periods with the alcohol and drugs and all that stuff? What, what advice would you give to yourself? Repent. <laughs> <laughs> Stop and turn around, son. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the thing about it, 
and that would be the advice that that would really be the advice and 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 to be honest that's advice that i received i my i i have a tremendous amount of of um spiritual and religious people in my family uh folks who who certainly prayed a lot for me um people who sat down and and talked with me the fact of the matter is until a person is ready and has come to themselves, our prayers will cover them and keep them if the Lord say so. But until a person makes a decision, um, nothing's going to happen. So I would I would give the same advice that my elders were giving me. I, I really would. I mean, there's 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 nothing um, more other than you know, don't you want to see what? mother talked about come to fruition. I think that would be it. Like, this isn't what mother talked about. This isn't what she told you about. Don't you want to see that? Yeah, that I think that would be it. Yeah. And we call my grandmother mother. That's what that is. So for your great, great grandchildren, is there any wisdom that you'd like to pass on to them that you've taken away from, you know, lessons you've learned from uh, your life and the experience in your life, stuff like that? Anything you'd want to pass on to them? Absolutely. The seeds you sow today will bring forth fruit, whether that fruit is good fruit or detrimental bad fruit is completely up to you. Sow good seed. Amen to that. (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) Is there anything else you'd like us to know about you or your works that you're doing right now? Um, I, I... Go to Amazon, look for uh, my book, the book that I released last year. Um, he chose me for this journey um, by Quintus McDonald. I, I go and and if and and if you're interested and you know can't do the the six dollar book and you want a physical copy, um, reach out to me on social media and I'll make sure that you get a physical copy. Um, I, it's a book about redemption. And, and um, I believe that everyone, there's something in it for everyone um, who's facing challenges. We all face challenges on a daily basis um, and how we walk through those challenges, how we face those challenges um, will bear fruit. So, yeah, I, I'd say get the book. So I have a personal question here. When, yes. you, when you played in the NFL, what was the environment like because you know people always say that you know how hard the environment of football is how you know how much of a physical toll how much of a mental toll it all is so for you what was the experience like of playing in the nfl it was a beautiful experience um and you know each organization has a personality of its own um the organizations excuse me are very much like human beings and they have they have a personality of their own um the organization that I was drafted into Indianapolis Colts was very different than the organization that I retired from being the San Francisco 49ers. Very, very different during that, during that time period. And that comes from the top down. Um, So our, uh, the owner um, that of the Colts that drafted me was very concerned about, making money more so than winning championships. Yep. Um, and, and, and 
you know, that's, that's not what San Francisco is all about, winning championships. And now I'm, I'm grateful to Mr. Ursay because he kept me around. He gave me a chance when a lot of people didn't want to give me a chance. Um, and he kept giving me opportunities when I was just dropping the ball. Um, get, I dropped the ball and he gave me opportunity after opportunity. So I'm grateful to Mr. Ursay. Uh, may he rest in peace. I'm also extremely grateful to the San Francisco 49ers because that brought me back to the excellence that we were after at Penn State. Penn State was all about winning, winning a championship. That's that's what we were after um, during that during that time. <laughs> Things are a little bit different now, but mm-hmm. during that time, that's what we were after. So being in that culture of, you know, we're gonna we're gonna win and and we're gonna win because we're gonna work harder than everyone else. Um, we're gonna you know in in every phase of it, physically, mentally, and and socially and spiritually. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's, it varies. It varies from time to time and place to place. Sounds like a lot of teams, sounds like a lot of teams these days, the owners don't want to spend money. All they want to do is keep it to themselves. Don't care about championships these days. That's right. So when you, those years you played in the NFL, was there anyone like, any like important figures in the NFL, like very known that you feel like you've met before, like those like known guys, you know, like for example, like uh, uh, trying to think of an example, like Jerry Rice, some someone like that, yeah, that someone like that. What about what about them? Like, have you had any like interactions with them? Well. We interacted. I, I mean, I was on the team with with Eric Dickerson. Eric Dickerson was he was one of the people that I looked up to when I was a child. When I was your age, um, I, I I was a big Ram fan. So Eric came out after winning, you know, doing all that they did at SMU. He did at SMU. Um, so I was a big Eric Dickerson fan. Having an opportunity to play with him and be on the team, uh, I I did learn some things that I didn't. I didn't take them in until later in life. And I can see, so I, I can't say that I learned, I watched and saw some things. Um, what I what I learned from, from Jerry Rice is, um, you really wanna be the greatest, you have to be the hardest working. I mean, that man worked hard. We worked extremely hard in practice, extremely hard in practice. And then, he would go from practice and 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 do a whole nother workout. I mean, we yeah yeah he he would go and run the, he would go and run this mountain. Um, just amazing. Um, um, you have to be. <laughs> are you dedicated at that at that level? Um, physically dedicated uh, and mentally dedicated to walk out the entire process and put in the work so that you walk out the process. So that's one of the things I learned from from uh, uh, Jerry. Wow! I tell you what, after I'm finished with wrestling practice, I just I just be sitting on the couch. I'll be done. I don't know about running a whole mountain. That's uh, that's a lot right there. Is there anything else that you 
would like to share about your um, NFL experiences, the church, childhood, anything like that? Well, I I would certainly say that that we must understand that we are the church, that that house of prayer that we go to, that worship center that we go to to get recharged, to fellowship, to hear a word. That is for us as the church to take out so that we shine our light, the light of Christ in this dark world. Um, so that that would be that would be my piece on on the church. Um, and I say to young men like yourself, go shine. Give give it all that you have. Be determined to be the best Joey that you can be. Um, you never know where life is going to take you and what doors and opportunities will be open to you. Let me ask you this. Of the three sports you play, which one is your favorite? I would say baseball because that was my starting point as an athlete. So I would say Baseball is probably my favorite just because I feel like I started early and I feel like I have a better chance to have a future in. I'd also like football. I think I probably have a little more fun playing football because it's always more like more pace. Baseball can get boring, especially when you're on defense, just sitting in the outfield doing absolutely nothing. It gets more, it gets more sometimes. But I would say, in terms of especially like, say, if I got offers from three of my sports, I'd go with, I'd either go with baseball or football. It would just all depend because football at the college level, that would be very mentally, physically. I mean, it just, I have to see how, how I look in two years by my senior. Like if like, as of right now, I know I wouldn't be ready for that, but maybe in two years it would be different, but I would probably say I would go with baseball in terms of the future. Plus I know baseball is a much it's a lot safer. Like even Dion talked about how baseball, if he had to choose, he was talking about um, parents make, making their kids choose between baseball and football, how baseball will make you more money and it's just safer down the road. So I would probably have to go with baseball there. Excellent. So which position in the field do you play? I play anywhere in the outfield. That's my favorite spot. Okay. So are you fast enough to, to play center? Yeah, I'm fast enough to play center. Okay, I just want to. Yeah, I would say so. I okay, I wanted I wanted to see that confidence. I wanted <laughs> to see that confidence, and it, and it there's a difference between confidence and and cockiness, and it's evident that that you are uh, not a cocky young man, and that will serve you. It will continue to serve you. I'm sure it's serving you already. So keep it up, young man. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for agreeing to do this different twist on the box outside of the box um, with uh, Pastor Breon. And thank you so much for your time on this morning. It's been a thank pleasure. You too. Thank you. Thank you a lot for, thank you both of you for having me today. Uh, great experience. Great talk. I learned some stuff, you know, I can apply to my life and I'm just grateful for the experience I had this morning. Outstanding. What a wonderful experience. I think all of us have had it is just phenomenal to me that God placed it here for us to do this the way that he has. I am just thrilled. Our message today from Quintus and Joey is just outside the box. That's why we are unboxed. 
Thank you, Quintus McDonald. And an extra thanks to my young superstar, Joey. Anytime. One of the most wonderful things that has happened to me in the past 12 months is having spiritual partners. And so I am recycling my spirit in the Lord, my God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh my. As I, as I conclude this particular episode of Unboxed, I just thank God. And I thank each of you for tuning in. I invite our audience to join us for the next episode of Unboxed with stimulating conversations, sharing experiences for about 30 minutes or so. We will post our new episodes on Thursdays at 3 Eastern Standard Time. As we evolve, we are like the butterfly coming out of a box and allowing the Holy Spirit to advance us to immeasurable heights in the Lord. Fulfill your purpose and remain favored by the Father. In a world where faith takes root and blossoms, comes a journey of growth like no other. Blooming for Christ, a captivating exploration of spirituality and the remarkable parallels between a plant's journey and our own. Just as a seed must germinate to become a thriving plant, our spiritual timeline begins with a single decision. Through the insightful words of Reverend Barbara Brian, this book takes you on a transformative quest. A journey of growth that echoes the stages of a plant's life. From the tender shoot of a young believer bravely facing the world, to the full bloom of faith experiences shared and cherished. As seeds of faith are sown, new believers are nurtured, and the cycle continues just as God intended. But the journey doesn't end there. As the plant matures, so does the believer, becoming God's chosen harvester in gardens of divine purpose. Reverend Brian's guidance rooted in scripture and wisdom gently leads you through the seasons of your spiritual life. Join us on this journey of discovery and renewal, a journey that unveils the beauty of your faith and the transformative power of God's love. Blooming for Christ, embrace your season of growth and let your faith bloom. Available now. During this episode and each episode, our guests will share how they stepped out of their comfort zone to become unboxed and move toward the fulfillment of their purpose. Our guest today is Sharon Torado. She likes to go by the nickname Libby. 
I believe she's in the state of Florida and Libby is an entrepreneur and wellness coach. Hey. Hey. <laughs> she talks about art. She talks about mindfulness, poetry, uh, the community of poets. Poetry is not dead and mental health awareness. I know that she and I are both uh, in a LinkedIn group called Personal Development and Wellness, dealing with mental health, self-help, and self-improvement. It's a network. A few months ago, I reached out to her and I wanted to connect with podcasters as I was about to launch something brand new. And she accepted my request. And here we are today. Hi, Libby. Thanks for being here. Hi. Happy to be here. Great. I want to uh, begin by asking some questions that I ask all of my guests so that those who are listening in will understand that we're just going to talk about being unboxed. And so how would you identify or describe yourself? Give your 30 second unique identity to everyone to know who you are. So um, as you said, my name is Sharon. And one thing that people don't know too much about me, I recently found out that I was on the autism spectrum and I was 26, 27 years old. And it came to me as a shock a little bit because I always knew I was a little bit quirky, but the, it kind of confirmed with me that it wasn't that something was off about me. It was just that I was wired a little different. And so from there, I kind of started realizing that uh, how everything else in my life fell into place to where I am right now. And being more gentle with myself and being more patient with myself has definitely been something that I have been working on. And so that's why I preach and I talk to people all about mental health awareness and to be gentle with themselves and patient because we can be our worst critic. We can yeah. be our biggest critic. And that is something that we got to kind of switch the paradigm there to where we're our own best friend and we love ourselves to where once we love ourselves, we're going to be able to love people the way we love ourselves too. I love the way you put that. Um, I'm just excited about understanding more about uh, identity and it begins with knowing self. And from my dealings with you in this virtual space that we do share, I would have never thought that autism would have been a tag that someone would put on you, but you're navigating those territories and that's a wonderful thing. Where did you grow up? Um, I was born in Sanford, Florida, but then when I was about six months old, my parents moved to Massachusetts. So I lived in Lawrence, Massachusetts up until I was 10. So in 2006, I moved back to Florida, back to Sanford too. So I've been here since. Oh, sounds, sounds great. I uh, have uh, relatives that live in Florida. So next time I come down that way, I'll wave at you from the plane. That sounds awesome. <laughs> As you reflect on your life and go back to your childhood years, maybe your teen years, what would you say was your passion in life? Where'd you live and, and uh, how did that all come together to affect who you have become? Okay. So at the, at the time I was living in Stanford, but it was like, if you cross the street, it was a different city called Lake Mary. And during my childhood and teen years, I was passionate about 
being helpful. I would always find ways to participate in the community and bring people together. Um, one time I gathered up about 20 of my friends. We rode the train to the city, to Orlando, and we had an adventure. I made sure everyone stayed together and we made it back home safely. And it was a nice change of pace, even though we had no business traveling without an adult present. It was funny because people would just tell their parents they were with me and somehow they believed I was mature enough to make the good choices and all stuff. And it, we just went to the mall. We went to Altamont and we went to Orlando. And so then we just made it back home, made sure everyone ate and all that stuff. But we just kind of like got up together and went on a nice little trip. And so that ability to pull people together, even at a young age, I'm imagining that you're still doing that in a more mature way in this part yes. of your life. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes. Tell us about the happiest moment in your life. Um, a happiest moment of my life. I, this question, I was looking at it, I was like, hmm, have I had that moment yet? And so I was saying that I don't think I've had that happiest moment in my life yet, but I've had happy moments. I know that as life goes, many more things are going to come to top them. But as of right now, I can say my happiest moment was when I reached one year of reading the Bible daily and I just kept going. And so by now, with one to two missed days, I've been reading the Bible daily for almost 40, four years, almost almost at 40. Um, and then recently, my happiest moment was getting all A's in my first semester for my Ph.D. program. Perfectly wonderful. Tell us what program you're entering. There's so many PhDs you can earn. I know it's uh, it was between six programs and then I resonated more with communication. So I'm doing it on communication. The program is about three years long and it's at Liberty University. I'm actually wearing one of the T-shirts they gave me. Go Virginia. I am currently in uh, Tappahannock, Virginia myself right now. So I recognize Liberty University as being a Virginia school. And so yeah. congratulations on that choice. <laughs> How about yeah, I like that? the Christian centeredness of it. Christian centered is, is wonderful yeah. uh, because you know, that is a platform upon which I stand. Uh, as you see those butterflies escaping the box uh, to flutter freely in the air. It's all about that direction of purpose that God has in store for all of us. So what do you consider to be your ultimate purpose? Do you have any regrets? No, I actually don't. Um, everything that I've been through has brought me to this point ultimately. And all the lessons I've learned, I feel like I needed to learn those lessons. All of that was for character development and it helped me be a better person. It helped me um, help other people be better people. And anything that was causing any type of sadness or depression in my life, it was all to move me. And so that wouldn't be too comfortable and stay stagnant. Because I feel like if you're too comfortable, you don't see the reason to move and to get out of your way to do something different. And so when you're uncomfortable and God makes you uncomfortable, it that means he's shifting you into a new place to where you're going to want something different. You're going to want to see things differently. And you can be thankful and grateful for what you have and still want to pursue more because it's just a part of the process. So when you identify a specific purpose, perhaps as you look through you ending your PhD program and moving on into whatever is next, what's on horizon for you? What is your future? Um, hope? 
so with me currently working on the PhD in communication, um, I'm entering the new semester in two weeks and and I'll be co-hosting on a podcast called It's a Rap Podcast. So between this, uh, there's so many other projects that I'm also working on simultaneously with my poetry, business ventures and personal development. But I feel like the ultimate purpose is to channel and uplift vibrations of the universe. So I want to help people who feel like there's nothing left. Like if their light is dim, I want to help them change their light bulb so that they can see a new light. So they can see that there is a path in front of them that they can continue going in, that it will lead them somewhere. The analogy that you just put forth about changing your light bulb is yeah. so fantastic. And I can see how I can use that even myself as I talk to people one-on-one -on -one or maybe even in groups. Yeah. Who knows? It may flow out of my mouth as I'm doing a sermon on Sunday. We never know. What advice would you give to the younger you? And maybe something you wish you knew um, five, 10 years ago. I would not say 15. I will stop at five mm -hmm. or 10. The younger you. What advice would you give to someone that might be wanting to pursue a path like the one you've taken? I would tell my younger self to stay on track and just follow through and to let whatever needs to leave my life to leave so I can become aligned with my purpose and that it's not my plan, it's God's plan. Perfectly stated. Perfectly stated because it has God's purpose and God's plan. And the word alignment is key and critical. Am I hearing you correctly with that? Yes. All right. Is there anything else you'd like to uh, tell us uh, about yourself? Any information you'd like to share? Anything in any direction in regard to being unboxed, a time when you stepped outside of a box for sure and um, actually just jumped right out of your comfort zone? Yes. Um, so a crucial time I stepped out of the box was when COVID started and we were issued the um, the mandatory quarantine. And so I had to start working from home. And in this moment, I made major life decisions that did not make a lot of sense to me at the time. But now I see how I was divinely guided to just change my life at that moment. In that moment, I ended a five, almost five-year dead-end relationship. I became independent and I started my master's program at Full Sail University. And this led me back into poetry. I became an ordained minister and I started my entrepreneurship. You have done a lot and it looks like you're only 15 years old. You don't have to tell us your age, <laughs> but you've packed in a lot. And so as we talk about stepping outside of a box, you've, you've explained that really, really quite well. So as God continues to dump the puzzle pieces out and you continue to navigate your way through this abyss called life, I, uh, I just pray with you for all that God would have for you. So now let's fast forward. If you could dare to think of a legacy that you want to leave, when you think about your children, grandchildren, and let's fast forward to great-grandchildren. In the years to come, what wisdom would you pass on to them about being unboxed? I would let them know that we've come a long way. <laughs> it's like definitely 
there are always things coming to be an obstacle, to be a distraction, to lead us astray. And having staying the course is so worth it. And I want to be the living proof that this is worth it because I did it all with love and with a God who is so real. And I would tell them not to chase perfection and to focus on progression. Um, the last thing I would tell them is to be themselves because that's exactly who God created them to be. Tell me more about that perfection and progression, because I think people need to hear a little bit more about that. That's important. I um, started hearing about it on Facebook. Um, I'm always watching um, some services, like there'll be like snippets. And when you expect perfection, you're expecting your plan to follow through the way that you want it to fall through. And when you're just progressing, you're allowing yourself room for mistakes. You're allowing yourself room to grow and to kind of just breathe. And it doesn't need to be done in a set way. It doesn't need to be done at the exact time that you wish for it to be done. If we give each other or give yourself space, you're going to see that all the things you've done, it's going to just kind of like go on top of it, one another, and you're going to be moving up on a stairway and you're going to think, whoa, I'm not where I used to, where I was standing before. I'm like in a better position now. And that's because you're progressing and you weren't too focused on it being perfect because I don't think that perfection really exists. So to have that expectation for yourself, it's just a lot of pressure. And then we crumble under the pressure and then we get so upset we get out of bent out of shape and when we don't reach that um that expectation that we set for ourselves instead of just being happy that we showed up and every single day the way we show up is different but if you show up at all you're already moving forward it sounds wonderful to me and we know that the, the perfection the perfect state is that which we are complete in god we're complete through the love of Jesus Christ. And so this is just great stuff. And I want to have you back where you can talk to us some more about who you are. In particular, I want you to talk uh, more the next time about your poetry. Okay. And so we'll spend a segment, if you have time, in your degree program talking about some poetry. How's that sound? I would love to. That'd be fun. Oh, great. Uh, so how can the listeners connect with you? I am mostly on all social media. The main page is going to be my Instagram at Libby Alien. So that's L-I-B-B-Y and then Alien. And then um, I'm also, I also have a website and that's where you'll find all the information for my poetry and everything that I've been working on, um, my services that I offer for my the ordained minister and that will be on the poet life that sounds great and um we'll make sure that the listeners get that specific information this has been just absolutely wonderful to uh see you in person and to chit chat with you a little bit before we started and is there anything else that you want to share um based on your experience how you suggest our listeners can address challenges that would prevent them from stepping out of the box. How can they address challenges? Honestly, I, the way, 
the way that I um, kind of like face anything is head on. Um, you can't really avoid it. Avoiding it only leads you to kind of going into a different direction. And when you face things head on, you are able to not only take accountability for how you, you took place in reaching this point, and sometimes the accountability could be good and bad. You're taking accountability for showing up, which is good. And then anything that could have happened or anything, any challenges that happen, are you, you can't blame yourself. So you, you have to remind yourself it's not your fault. These things happen and everything has a purpose. So since everything has a purpose, not it's not coincidence and it's divine and people need to have a different perspective just about how challenges are and the challenges mostly help you kind of become stronger and have a better endurance in life so that when you get to a certain point, you're going to see that you're kind of like, what is that word called? Um, when you make that comeback, that comeback mm -hmm. is going to be greater than when you fell because now you're wiser. You're not starting in the starting point. You're starting in the middle and you're almost close to the finish line. This has been absolutely wonderful. Sharon Torado, better known as Libby. We thank you so very, very much for being a part of our podcast today. Um, we're just excited and I'll stay excited as I ask our listeners to join us for another 30 minute podcast episode of Unbox Experiences. We will be posting our podcast on Thursdays at three Eastern Standard Time. Until then, Pursue your purpose and remain favored by the Father. In a world where faith takes root and blossoms, comes a journey of growth like no other. Blooming for Christ a captivating exploration of spirituality and the remarkable parallels between a plant's journey and our own. Just as a seed must germinate to become a thriving plant, our spiritual timeline begins with a single decision. Through the insightful words of Reverend Barbara Brian, this book takes you on a transformative quest, a journey of growth that echoes the stages of a plant's life. From the tender shoot of a young believer bravely facing the world, to the full bloom of faith experiences shared and cherished. As seeds of faith are sown, new believers are nurtured, and the cycle continues just as God intended. But the journey doesn't end there. As the plant matures, so does the believer, becoming God's chosen harvester in gardens of divine purpose. Reverend Brian's guidance rooted in scripture and wisdom gently leads you through the seasons of your spiritual life. Join us on this journey of discovery and renewal, a journey that unveils the beauty of your faith and the transformative power of God's love. Blooming for Christ, embrace your season of growth and let your faith bloom. Available now.